Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Real quick, if you haven't done it already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way, anytime there's a new episode that comes out, you'll be uh, reminded of it and it'll automatically go to your phone. So that's good news for you. By the way, this episode is presented to you by Superbook Sports, Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. And of course, Blake Street Tavern. A lot of great headlines to get to. So you know what? Let's just jump right into it. Let's go! Let's go! And now, here are the headlines. <laughs> You've probably heard this guy's name, especially if you have kids. It's a YouTuber named Mr. Beast, also known as Jimmy Donaldson. He's like the most successful YouTuber out there. And while I kind of hate YouTubers, it's really hard not to respect some of them, especially Mr. Beast. And while I watch some of these videos where they're doing dumbass challenges and they're handing people money and crazy prizes, it works. And they've he's just blown up with this shit. And it's insane, especially... When you look at that, he's opened his first brick and mortar Mr. Beast Burger restaurant in a New Jersey mall uh, just a few days ago. He had over 10,000 people show up to this mall just to try to get their hands on a Mr. Beast Burger. Also, let's be honest, a lot of them, too, are trying to get that five seconds of fame and somehow maybe they'll, they'll be in one of his YouTube videos. And somehow they're going to get discovered and become the next Mr. Beast. That's part of why people show up. Plus, they also love the guy and he and he does a lot of cool stuff. And you never know with him, he might decide, you know what? I got $10,000 I just want to give out and he'll fucking do it. He does weird shit like that. And again, it works. He's shelling out all this free product and free money, essentially, but he knows that he's going to end up making that back. His return on investment, it has to be through the roof. And I'd love to hear what that actually is, but I doubt that they'll ever disclose that because I know that he'll spend videos where he's just giving away thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of, uh, of just stuff, whether it's iPhones or a car or just straight up cash. But you know he's got to be making a fuck ton of money because he has, what did, what did I see? He has like 104 million followers or subscribers on YouTube. That's insane. Yeah, over 104 million subscribers on YouTube. The dude's dominant, right? So he opens up this, this actual Mr. Beast Burger restaurant in New Jersey. Tons of people show up. Here's what's crazy to me. There was a guy that drove 22 hours, by the way, to get there to show up to the Mr. Beast Burgers grand opening in the New Jersey mall. But what's crazy is I didn't realize he was doing this. You can get a Mr. Beast Burger, like, say, here in Colorado. Just Google search Mr. Beast Burger, and then you can click on locations. He has this brilliant idea. I don't know who else does this i had never heard of this but it's it's brilliant so what he does is while he he only has one actual physical location you can order his product at select restaurants and what happens is 
It's called, what is that called? Oh, God. It's a ghost restaurant. Never heard of this before. But I don't know who started this, but it's it's awesome. So what he what happens is if you go online and you want a Mr. Beast burger, you click wherever, and there's select restaurants in certain cities across the the globe. He's in over a hundred and four cities in the U.S. plus four countries doing it doing it as a ghost restaurant. So what happens is the restaurant gets a percentage of the profits. So if I order a Mr. Beast burger from, say, somewhere in Westminster, Colorado, where it, wherever it is, they deliver it to you. And what happens is that restaurant has Mr. Beast product set aside in, uh, you know, their, their wraps, paper wraps and whatever. And what they do is essentially, if a Mr. Beast order comes in, they use that product, they use those paper products, whatever, to wrap it up as well, and then they deliver it. They prepare it, they deliver it as it's a separate entity within their establishment, whatever restaurant it is. So they, he's essentially allowing you, as a restaurant owner, to, I guess it would be, you're kind of buying into a franchise. And it's, I don't know how, how that works. He must must sell it to them, and then they 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 just get the profits from it. And, and I feel like as a restaurant, it's probably not that popular, and they must use the same beef and ingredients that the restaurant already has because it wouldn't make sense to have his separate ingredients because that wouldn't make sense because then what if it doesn't – you know, you're not really advertising that here in Colorado. I don't know. It's interesting. So, and, and I went to his website about it. So, at this is what it says. Attention restaurant owners. Add Mr. Beast Burger to your existing restaurant's kitchen. Mr. Beast Burger is a virtual brand offering a separate concept to run out of your kitchen. Available for delivery only via food delivery services. This is like a brilliant idea. It's really just, hey, here's our paper products so you can wrap, you know, here's, our, here's what our, uh, our ingredients are to make our burger. So you guys already have that. So I just, if this order comes in, you just wrap it in our shit and you'll get a little bit of the profits from it. I feel like that's just brilliant, brilliant marketing. So kind of going back to the YouTuber, Mr. Beast, I have a hard time hating on this guy because one, the restaurant thing seems brilliant in the way he has this structured. He also, as of January of this year, launched Feastables, which is a chocolate bar with only five ingredients, according to the website. So he has that going on as well. Prior to the food businesses, he created Beast Philanthropy, I can hardly ever say that name, a charitable organization that exists to leverage the power of social media platforms and raise funds to alleviate hunger, homelessness, and unemployment. You can't hate on Mr. Beast. I can't. The only thing I can say about Mr. Beast, 
I love that he he does all these burgers and, and he has so much going on and he gives back to the communities. Just amazing what he does. And he entertains so many people. The only thing I can knock him for is anytime you see a picture of Mr. Beast, guess what? I would put money down that his mouth is wide open. I don't know why he does that. It's annoying. Google search Mr. Beast right now. And most likely, you will find a picture of him with his mouth wide open. He's like, oh, <laughs> it's just weird. That's the only thing I can bag on him for. Other than that, like the dude seems legit. Listen, I can't do what he does. I can't. I can't. That's just not my personality. But he fucking does it. He knocks it out of the park. I, I, I would love to bag on him, but I can't. I can't. He's being successful at w- what he's doing, but he's also giving back, which is just fucking cool. And the whole restaurant thing, the ghost restaurant, is fucking mind-blowing to me. And I just tip my cap to whoever started doing that first. Maybe it was him. I don't know. But that's fucking brilliant. That is brilliant. And I'd love to see the numbers on that. You know, off the record, how is that benefiting the restaurant that is supporting the ghost restaurant, the, the ghost company, essentially, the mis- like Mr. Beast Burger? What are the profits on both sides of that? Is it really beneficial for the other rest for the actual physical restaurant to do that? And then how much is he taking in on that? And what are his profits on that? I would just love to find that. If anybody listening works at a ghost restaurant, essentially, that sells these Mr. Beast burgers, tell me off the record, if you want, what it is that what the numbers look like on that. Because I think that is fascinating. And I think we all would kind of like to know what it is. Because a lot of times they're not going to be fully honest with you. But if you if you whisper it in my ear via email, dehuffuncensored.gmail.com, we can get some honest info out there. And I, I, I just feel like it's brilliant. But I want to know, is it beneficial for both parties? And I imagine it is. And I would like to know how beneficial. Because I just think it's a... We could ha- Guys, basically what I'm saying is we could have a DeHuff Uncensored Burger. <gasps> oh, yes, that's right. I could... Whether it's DeHuff Uncensored Burgers... It could be, ooh, it doesn't even have to be food. It could be weed. I could work with Veritas and be like, can I get a my own strand of DeHuff Uncensored weed? That would be great. They'll probably go, you know what? No, <laughs> no. We'll just continue to sponsor your videos, the quick hits, Veritas, Fine Cannabis. Uh-huh. Go check them out. Just Google Veritas. And... I think that would be neat. I think you could do that with so many companies. I like that idea. I think it's just neat. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to suck Mr. Beast's dick. I'm just saying I respect what he's done. And I feel like we could do that in different ways. Why overthink and have your own restaurant when you have an existing restaurant that could just do it for you be like, here's my product. Just I'll sell it. I'll bring you some customers and we're good to go. We good? We good. And you could do that with just about anything. It's like a contractor, right? I guess. I don't know. I, I just, I want to find out more about these ghost restaurants. 
I think that's cool. Very cool. This would bother me a little bit. If you're into trucks, I have a buddy named Shad and his wife, Rachel. They love cars. They do. And he really was looking into buying one of those Rivian trucks. And they're really all-purpose vehicles. They're really cool. Check them out. You know, Google research those. They're really, there's like really no wasted space on these vehicles. Well, a Texas doctor used his Rivian truck to power a vasectomy the other day. I believe it happened last week in Texas. The power went out and Dr. Fur, uh, Dr. Fur, <laughs> Dr. Fur, Dr. Christopher Yang's clinic, the power was out. So the urologist had to cancel and reschedule several planned procedures. The vasectomy would have been one of them until one of the staffers just jokingly suggested doing the procedure using Dr. Yang's four-month-old Rivian R1T pickup that uh, was parked out back. So Dr. Yang talked to the patient and said, like, listen, here's, here's the thing. Here's the idea. What happens on a Rivian is they have a lot of electrical uh, access points. And what Dr. Yang did was just like, okay, we can power the equipment. It doesn't take much to do a vasectomy. Do you have a problem if we go run an extension cord and plug our tools and everything into it? And then, you know, cut up your nutsack. What do you say, buddy? The, the patient was just like, yeah, sure, why not? And he did it, and it was successful. No issues whatsoever. I'm, I couldn't do that. I, I'm, I guess power is power. It doesn't fucking matter. But could you imagine if you're at a point where, and, and to be honest, it's probably risky if for the doctor because let's say it's successful, but then something happens at the end and then there's some sort of complication. Well, it's always going to come back to legal-wise. It'd be like, well, probably... You know, they're cutting some corners because the power went out and he he was plugging in his tools into his truck to get him going. And I just feel like that there's more negative to this. And it's like, you know what, let's just let's just play it safe and we'll reschedule. I, I, I wouldn't be fine with this. I just feel like it's just mm. maybe that's just me being paranoid and, and just overthinking it, because ultimately, I'm sure Dr. Yang and everybody was super careful with everything and whatnot, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, next thing you know, the fucking truck blows up. And then you got no nutsack. I've seen it a million times. Hey, we got more headlines. <laughs> I'm stupid. More headlines coming your way, but first, root for safeties this season with your friends at Superbook Sports. If you bet with Superbook this uh, football season, they're going to give you a $50 bonus if a safety is scored on a Sunday. So whether it's a punter running out of the end zone to the, you know, old school, uh, you know, quarterback sack in the end zone for two points, root for chaos and win with Superbook this fall. So download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start rooting for two with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, please Call 1-800-522-4700. 
This is Chris Fuseli, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. 70 big screens? Check. Award-winning pub grub? Check. Every game every weekend? Check. If you're a football fan in Denver, what are you waiting for? Rocky Spring Training? Is there anybody even out there? It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. I saw this quite a bit, and I, I didn't know if I should talk about it, but then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, this is fucking bizarre. A Brazilian man was floating in a freezer in the ocean for 11 days, surviving without food or water before he was finally rescued. What a fucking nightmare. I can't pronounce his first name, but he's Mr. Rodriguez. He told Record TV that he was on a fishing trip in August when his boat sank off the coast of northern Brazil. It went down. He saw the floating cooler, thankfully, and jumped inside. He said, I was desperate. I thought my end was coming, but thank God, God gave me one more chance. And he said he had no food or water. At times, sharks surrounded him as he floated in the ocean. He's lucky that that was big enough for him to get in, and he just wasn't heavy enough for it to fucking sink. That, dude, he is fucking lucky. Well, how, uh, 11 days 11 days just without food or water is just horrifying. But then to be in like a fucking freezer and surrounded by sharks, I'd be shitting myself. I, I could not handle that shit. Could you imagine if it was like something else, like it's a toilet? <laughs> I survived 11 days at sea in a, you know, a cooler toilet. Mm, cooler toilet. Very comfortable. Is that even how you say cooler? Is it cooler? Cooler? Whatever. Anyway, so... That's a bizarre story. Good for him for surviving. And hopefully when you see these stories of people surviving that, you know, they actually start turning their lives around and being not to say that he was a bad person before, because I don't know. But like if I survived at sea for 11 days in a fucking cooler. When I come home, I'm looking at life completely fucking differently. Like, life is fucking changed forever. And, like, life is tough sometimes, but is it it 11 days in the ocean, in a cooler, surrounded by sharks? Crazy. No, no. Everything's a lot different now. So hopefully he's he's turned around and he's making good on things, and he he really, you know, helps society after that. Because, you know, hopefully it does. I wanted to get to this because it's really cool. I like this guy, his style of play. He is always a good example for when I show my kids on effort and never giving up, especially in sports. Emmanuel Sanders is retiring a Denver Bronco. I'm excited about that. I loved his time here, when, especially in the Peyton Manning era. It was a great time with Emmanuel Sanders, along with Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, everybody. But Emmanuel Sanders was just a huge part of that success for the Denver Broncos. And I'll never forget that. And I'll never forget showing my kids, that's how you play. You play all out. You dive for the ball. Because at first when my son saw, saw Emmanuel Sanders diving, he's like, why is he diving for that? I was like, because he's maximum effort. Right? That's what Emmanuel Sanders does. Here's the thing. Emmanuel Sanders, 
was just a great example of giving effort and working hard. And he was a huge part of the Denver Broncos' success. I'm excited that he's retiring a Bronco. There's a lot of people that aren't. They're bagging on the fact because Emmanuel kind of was a dick to the media. He didn't like the media. And I got to be honest, I don't like the media either. So I get it, Emmanuel. I get why you didn't like a lot of people in the media. A lot of us are dicks. A lot of them are. But I get it. I get why he was rough around the edges when it came to the media. A lot of times media will say something, whether they have full truth about it or not, or maybe they do have the full truth on something. And now you as a player are sitting there go, I don't want that exposed. So there's a lot of shit. Listen, real quick, peek behind the curtain. A lot of times we in the media will be told things by people that are very, very trustworthy sources about certain people, whether they're coaches or players, about who they are behind the scenes and off the field. We hear a lot of things about how a lot of people just are pieces of shit. And sometimes that makes its way out onto the airwaves. And sometimes you hear those bits of information and sometimes they're just stretched out and not true. I don't know who Emmanuel Sanders is off the field. I don't. And it would be wrong of me to officially say he's one way or the other. What I do know is when I watched him play, especially with Peyton Manning, Emmanuel Sanders was a perfect example of a hardworking, badass player. And I loved it. And I loved watching him play. Like I said, I showed my kids, that's how you play. You play nonstop. You never give up. If the ball's just on your tip of your fingers, you go full effort and try to get it. You do whatever you can to be successful and to be a good teammate and to achieve success, not just for yourself, but as a team, as a unit. And he was a good example of that. He helped the Denver Broncos win. He helped them win a championship. And I'm excited for him to retire a Denver Bronco. Anything else that I hear about Emmanuel Sanders, I just don't know. But what I do know, he was a critical piece to the puzzle for the Denver Broncos to win Super Bowl 50. I'm I'm grateful that he was part of that team. I'm grateful that I got to cover it. I remember the day that I got the call from the Broncos saying, hey, can you get down here? We're about to sign Emmanuel Sanders. And I remember going, oh, holy shit, that's going to be big. And listen, he was good in Pittsburgh, but Peyton Manning took Emmanuel Sanders to another level. I think it was Emmanuel that said he's in uh, wide receiver heaven when he was playing for the Broncos with Peyton Manning, and he was. I mean, he was just a great player for the Denver Broncos. So tip my cap to Emmanuel Sanders. Thanks for being a part of the Denver Broncos. Thanks for winning Super Bowl 50 with your entire team. You're a huge part of that. And I'll forever remember that. And I will continue as my son continues to wear Emmanuel Sanders jersey. I'll tell you this. He remembers how hard Emmanuel played. Okay, he does. That sticks out to him. So in, in as a parent, that's important to have examples of hard work equals success. So I always tell him that's how he played. That's how Emmanuel played. 
And that's what helped lead the Denver Broncos to winning the Super Bowl. Because it wasn't just Emmanuel that played that way. The majority of the players played that way. It's contagious. When people just put in full effort and do maximum effort, everybody else wants to keep up with it. And that's what you want. You want a team full of Emmanuel Sanders. So thank you, Emmanuel Sanders. Thanks for kicking butt. Thanks for helping win Super Bowl 50. I'm grateful that I got to see you play because I love the way Emmanuel Sanders played. I do. And he's right where he needs to be retiring for the Denver Broncos because he's forever a Bronco. He is. Hey, guys, episode 200. It's only like, what, two episodes away? Holy shit, I better start preparing for this. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, I'm kidding. Episode 200, right around the corner. And I, guys, I, I've been saying it for a bit. I want you to be a part of it. I got a decent amount of messages from you guys. I, I would like to have more. If you can do it, please send them to me, dehuffuncensored at gmail.com. Whether it's your favorite moments or topics from the podcast, maybe you have a story you've always wanted to share, Whatever it is, maybe you just want to ask me something. Go ahead, send it to huffuncensored at gmail.com. Plus, I have some special guests set to join the episode. I really just can't wait for this. Again, email me to huffuncensored at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Also, please give it a nice rating, a five-star rating, please. That helps with the algorithm. Just being honest with you. Thanks so much to Superbook Sports Colorado. Go to superbook.com and uh, start winning today. Guys, start placing some bets. Blake Street Tavern, they're at 23rd and Blake in downtown Denver. And, of course, Total Beverage. It's to Huff Uncensored. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. Let's have a great day. Hopefully you smiled today. Let's make it contagious. Work your butt off, but smile. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.